It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, October 29th, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese and this is the KVMR Evening News. Tonight on the California Report. In a rebranding move coinciding perfectly with Halloween, Facebook is now the terrifyingly named Meta. And changing gears to the Department of Transportation, California will receive $5 billion from the federal agency to help modernize ports in Los Angeles and Long Beach. We'll take a brief look at entertainment news and weather before Felton Pruitt speaks to Colfax High School's Trish Adair Gardner and Connor Hepler Mackay about their upcoming performance of A Midsummer's Night's Dream. This is the California Report. I'm April Dimbaski in San Francisco. The technology conglomerate formerly known as Facebook is now Meta. The new name is short for Metaverse, a concept from a science fiction novel that is popular throughout Silicon Valley these days. Basically, Facebook wants to take all the places we go in our real lives, to work, to the gym, to concerts, and recreate them online in a 3D virtual reality universe, the Metaverse. As if we didn't quite get enough of that during the pandemic. Here's how CEO Mark Zuckerberg describes it. An embodied internet where you're in the experience, not just looking at it. And we call this the metaverse. And you're going to be able to do almost anything you can imagine. Get together with friends and family, work, learn, play, shop, create, as well as entirely new categories that don't really fit how we think about computers or phones today. The company is making this pivot in the midst of multiple controversies. It's under scrutiny by the Federal Trade Commission and by Congress. Recent leaks of internal documents show Facebook's products have had a negative effect on teenagers' mental health and have spread misinformation that played a role in American elections. The timing of the rebrand made for some snarky Twitter reactions. We asked our colleagues at KQED to give you a sampling. Meta, as in we are a cancer to democracy metastasizing into a global surveillance and propaganda machine for boosting authoritarian regimes and destroying civil society. For profit. If you felt Facebook was emotionally invasive, wait until you feel the cold, unyielding embrace of Meta. We just a Meta, and I hate you already. Okay, come on now. Zuck calling it meta somehow feels intentionally villainous. Someone needs to tell Zuck there is no meta in team. Oh, wait. That was KQED's Silicon Valley team, Rachel Myro, Aditi Banlamudi, and Sam Harnett, with help from Nina Thorson and Paul Lancor. California is set to receive $5 billion to help ease congestion at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. The deal with the U.S. Department of Transportation won't clear the backlog, but it's expected to help modernize ports and the truck and rail systems that serve them. Exactly what the money will be used for is still unclear, but transportation officials are looking into increasing freight rail capacity and investing in electric trucks and railways. Meanwhile, L.A. City Attorney Mike Fuhrer is proposing his own solution to help ease congestion at the ports. This is a national crisis, and the national crisis needs a national response. The president has been asked about engaging the National Guard, and it's time. 
the Los Angeles Harbor Commission is expected to vote on a new policy that would fine companies whose containers linger at port terminals too long. Starting today, 3,000 families in L.A. will be able to apply for what the city is calling its Big Leap. It's a pilot program for guaranteed basic income, and it's the largest of its kind in the country. It will give families in need $1,000 a month for a year. L.A.'s program is based on a similar study that ran for two years in Stockton. Mayor Eric Garcetti says that program worked, and he hopes L.A.'s version can be used as a model for the rest of the country. Folks who received a monthly income reported feeling less exhausted and anxious than those in the control group. Only families with at least one child who live in poverty and were impacted by the pandemic are eligible. Some of the recipients will come from City Councilman Curran Price's district in South L.A., which is home to some of the highest poverty rates in the city. Sadly, this pandemic has only exacerbated the racial, uh, the racial wealth gap and has laid bare laid bare a mountain of inequities that impact us all. Price says his district office will serve as a command center to help people who want to apply. Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California, where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. This Halloween weekend, our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine, is celebrating all things spooky across the state. Here's host Sasha Coca with a preview. We'll head to Pomona to meet a ghost hunter who's seen some pretty chilling stuff. I see an arm reach out to grab me, but it had no body. It was just the arm by itself. I remember the way it looked. It was super hairy, but it was just an arm floating. We'll also visit a haunted lighthouse on one of the most isolated stretches of California coast. Who's here with us right now? Walter. Hi, Walter. And meet a Central Valley farmer who grows marigolds for Day of the Dead. It's the tradition our grandparents handed down, he says. The flowers are sacred. They're essential for Day of the Dead. Plus, a trip to Mare Island, the first naval base on the West Coast, where a century-old empty military warehouse has been transformed into a massive haunted house. That's Sasha Coca, host of the California Report's Weekend Magazine. You can hear all of these stories on this week's show. Tune in to your public radio station or download the podcast, The California Report Magazine. And that's The California Report for Friday, October 29th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm April Domboski. Thanks for listening, and have a happy Halloween.
A quick public health update before we get into this weekend's news. Nevada County Public Health reports 27 new confirmed COVID-19 cases today. Out of the 9,002 cases since the start of the pandemic, 119 are active. 10 people are hospitalized, with 4 individuals in ICU. 63.4% of Nevada County's eligible population are fully vaccinated. This from UNET. And now for local entertainment news. The Union of Grass Valley reports 109-year-old Alta Sierra resident Rudy Thompson is currently at work finishing two new books. The completion of these writings would add to his existing published volumes one of which, Water Under My Bridge, is the true story of Thompson's life in the Navy. The haunted pumpkin patch in Grass Valley claims to be an unassuming pumpkin patch by day, a haunted house by night. There are ghosts and ghouls galore if you're in the mood for jump scares while picking out your pumpkin. Open tonight and tomorrow until 10 p.m. and on Halloween until 8.30, off of McCourtney Road on Retrack Way. Open until 9.30 tonight, the last house on the left, presents their annual Halloween Spectacular, requesting you come ready to be spooked to your horrifying delight. Dare to walk amongst their terrifying displays and attempt to keep your wits about you. This Gold Ridge Halloween display is also open tomorrow and Halloween from 6.30 to 10 p.m. on Gold Drive in Grass Valley. Join Richard Stockton and Tom Dalford for comedy night at our neighbor, the Nevada Theater, tonight at 8 p.m. Stockton is a sketch comedy player from Live from L.A. on BET, and Tom Daldorf is a singer-songwriter. The Center for the Arts hosts a family fun day tomorrow from 10 to 2 p.m. There will be face painting, arts and crafts, a costume contest, magician, and performance by Air Line. Perfect for a family-friendly take on Halloween. The Harvest Hangout Festival takes place tomorrow from 2 to 10 p.m. at the North San Juan Community Center. This fundraiser for recreational restoration and skate props will feature local crafts, costume contest, food and beverages, and live music. Rock and roll band Achilles Wheel will perform a Grateful Dead set. Contemporary jamgrass band Kaltucky fuses traditional bluegrass standards with original pieces, and Grunstone performs 90s grunge rock. Paige Anderson will perform her new project, Two Runner, and North San Juan's own Brie Geisler also has a set. Come by the Bear River Library Station from 9 to 4 p.m. this Saturday to pick up supplies to make your own mini Dia de los Muertos altar. Musician, producer, composer, and all-around man of many titles, the Polish Ambassador performs tomorrow evening at 9 at the Miner's Foundry. This weekend, the Foundry has Halloween cocktails to pair with their musical guests. Try their Vampire's Blood Margarita. And to make your Saturday evening activity decision all the more difficult, Golden Era hosts a Beetlejuice-themed Halloween party with live music from Banner Mountain Blues Review, kicking off at 7 p.m. Tahoe City's Parks and Recreation Department and local businesses are excited to offer a fun and safe place for families to trick-or-treat. Check in at Heritage Plaza on October 31st for trick-or-treating from 3 to 5 p.m. this Halloween. And the Halloween tradition continues. The Miners Foundry presents Fright Night from 8 to 11 p.m. this Sunday. Come dressed in costume and prepared for a frightful time. Live music by the Luzin Streaks and Cherry Rats. And now for your trick-or-treating forecast. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 49. Tomorrow, increasing clouds with a high near 61. And your Halloween will be partly sunny with light winds and a high near 58. 
In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 34. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high near 54. And Halloween looks to be mostly sunny with winds up to 10 miles per hour and a high near 51. And for our friends to the south in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, increasing clouds with a low around 56. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high near 69. Halloween starts out mostly sunny with a high near 66. Clouds roll in for a spooky ambiance that evening. And finally, Felton Pruitt gives us a sneak peek at Colfax High School's performance of A Midsummer Night's Dream, premiering November 4th. Felton spoke to Trish Adair Gardner and Connor Hepler Mackay on their take on Shakespeare's classic play. We're talking with Trish Adair Gardner and Connor Hepler Mackay, who are from Colfax High School, and they're putting on A Midsummer Night's Dream, which uh, should be a wonderful version of this. Why don't you tell us all about it? Well, we're really excited about it. We're doing some different things. For example, since Shakespeare doesn't mind if we change things up a little bit, we have actually switched things so that Titania and Oberon are actually switched so that all the words for Oberon now belong to Titania and all the words for Titania actually belong to Oberon. And it just gives the queen a little bit more power in this production, and it's really fun to do it that way. So we're excited about that. Was there any trouble switching the words? No, I just switched the names in the script uh, as I was typing away, and it was it was easy peasy. Because in the original version, Titania gets duped by Oberon and made to fall in love with somebody she doesn't want to fall in love with. And this time we made it so that the king, that happens to the king instead of the queen. And we just thought, yeah, that that works for us. (laughs) When are you going to put on a Midsummer Night's Dream? So it opens a week from Thursday. So that is November 4th, 5th, and 6th. And then the following 10th, 12th, and 13th, and the reason that we're skipping the 11th is because that is Veterans Day. These shows start at 7 o'clock, and where are they going to be performed? So they are at the high school, at Colfax High School, in the Colfax Performing Arts Center, which is our school auditorium. How did you guys make it through the storm on Sunday? Everything cool out there at the high school? Everything was fine at the high school. Of course, we in the theater, we have a little bit of um, interesting flooding going on every once in a while, but, but it wasn't bad at all. Glad to hear that. So tell us a little more about uh, your presentation of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Connor, do you want to say anything about it? Sure. It's super fun to be doing a theatrical production again, mostly after COVID and the wildfires here in California and everything else that's been going on. It's really nice to be doing a performance again. And not only are we doing a play, but we're also doing such an amazing piece of art that was made by Shakespeare. And with our own little twists and adding some more modern twists to the story, doing Midsummer's Dream in front of an audience is super exciting, mostly as an actor, and I bet for also a, uh, a director. And we're hoping that this will shoot us in publicity and gain us more 
um, of a credit to our theater and our amazing cast and crew and everybody that's worked hard on this for the last month and a half. What's the age range of uh, the cast? Oh, well, we have eighth graders right now and even younger than that, if I'm right. We have, I think, sixth graders at our lowest, but the main demographic of our cast is um, freshmen and sophomores, and then we've got a couple of seniors that are really devoted to the theater. How did you get into Shakespeare, Connor? I got into drama because my parents met in a play. My brother's been in plays for four years and worked at a theater for a while, and here I am four years deep into doing theatrical production. It's really a natural to me personally, and I just enjoy the environment. I like working for something that is as great as a play because it's really an honor to be able to produce an art piece with my body, voice, and everything else about me. It's not like singing or dancing where you're only using certain features of yourself. You're literally throwing your entire self out there and making something of it with other people. We're talking with Trish Adair Gardiner and Connor hepler Mackay. They're in A Midsummer Night's Dream. This is all going on at the Colfax High School. Tell us a little bit about how this all came about. Why did you guys choose A Midsummer Night's Dream in the first place? Well, I chose it because I love Shakespeare, and I just love this play. I think it's so charming and hysterical. I mean, it truly is so funny and fun that I, in my ignorance, because I've, I've, done, I've done the show several times myself as an actor, because I am an actor first and foremost, and uh, so I thought, oh, this will be easy because I know it. <laughs> and um, yeah, it hasn't been easy. <laughs> I just, you know, you know, you, it's, it's always complicated. But you know, the great thing about doing theater in Placer County and um, having a lot of connections in Nevada County is that the counties are so supportive of our young people and they are so supportive of the arts that it's just wonderful to have this opportunity to invite people to it and just know that our community will support us because that's what we do. You know, we support the arts here. Suppose somebody is listening to this interview and they're not into Shakespeare. They've never been into Shakespeare. Turn them on to Shakespeare. Okay. Connor would probably do a better job than I would. However, I do want to give some advice to anyone who wants to come and support the kids but doesn't think that they're really nuts about Shakespeare. And what my advice would be is go and relax. Relax like you're listening to a symphony. Because it's true that if you don't know the play, it might be a little confusing at, at first, but relax. Because by intermission, you'll totally be getting it. And by the end of the play, you will understand it. You just have to not get uptight about worried that you don't get it all. Connor, do you want to add anything to that? I've had people ask me that they were they were showing their concerns about how they're not going to understand what's happening. But with a mix of the honestly easy to understand language, the body language, just the tone and accent, everything about the physical authority and also the verbal communication within the play, it's very understandable. And in my opinion, it's even more interesting trying to find out those loopholes in the poetry behind Shakespeare, because 
rather than listening to a play that's in a more modern tone, listening to Shakespeare is not only like watching that modern play, but you're also listening to this symphony and this poem that's been recreated and you're still seeing a story throughout this production. And to turn people on to Shakespeare is that I love Shakespeare, but as somebody that didn't like Shakespeare before doing this play, I always had a prejudice against it and never was interested in it. But the first time I've ever read Shakespeare, I immediately understood it. And the first time I heard it, I immediately understood it. And not only is understanding important, but again, I figure that it is even better to hear it and to verbally hear it rather than read it, which is what a lot of people fear. And I think it's really a poem written within a play, which makes that play even more spectacular in that sense. I mean, Shakespeare was not really meant to be read. It was meant to be heard and seen. And so we are also taking license with a lot of fun ad-lib. We're ad-libbing for some of it, which always brings down the house because when we are hearing all this very formal language and everything, and then we hear something we totally understand in today's lingo, it's fun. People have a lot of fun with that. We're talking about A Midsummer Night's Dream, the Shakespeare play being put on at Colfax High School, November 4th, 5th, and 6th, also the 10th, 12th, and 13th. You go to our.show slash Colfax slash high slash school. And that's exactly what you do. Okay. However... Tickets will also be sold at the door, of course. We've been talking with Trish Adair Gardiner and Connor Hepler Mackay, and this is A Midsummer Night's Dream at Colfax High starting next week. It sounds like a lot of fun, folks. Yay! Thanks for talking with us. Thank Thank you. you. That's our newscast for this Friday, October 29th. Here's something you want to listen to again, or missed a part of an interview? You can always listen to expanded versions of our stories and interviews on our website at kvmr.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. KVMR gets support from Plaza Tire and Auto Service, locally owned, complete auto repair for all makes and models since 1950. Reminding listeners, well-running vehicles are essential for safety and performance. In Penn Valley, Grass Valley, Colfax, and Nevada City, Plaza Tire and Auto Service. And Mama Madrone's Eco Emporium, online and on Broad Street, Nevada City. Offering a variety of local and artisan jewelry, organic bedding, body care, gifts, and home decor. Online store and information at mamamadrones.com Up ahead at 6.30 we have a special California Report magazine Stories for the Spooky Season On tonight's episode Halloween Haunts Across the Golden State Meet a hunter of the supernatural in Pomona a ghostly lighthouse on one of California's most isolated stretches of coasts and tag along for a trip to Mare Island at the mouth of the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta where the first West Coast naval base has been transformed into a massive haunted house. Then, at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a spooky Halloween. If you're like me, you still have work to do on your costume.